As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletics, dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsline with you here in Calgary, where the sun is just coming into the horizon. Allison Lucan is with us. Hello. And Tom Reed is with us. Good morning. Uh, the Blue Jackets have not, it's, it's really weird, they've had two days without a game, and it feels like they haven't played in forever. <laughs> Uh, because the schedule has been so every other day and two and three and all over the place for a while now. Uh, they got to Calgary on Sunday. Practice yesterday. They will play the Flames tonight at one of the league's great old barns still remaining. I hope it, I know Calgary wants a new rank. I hope this place lives forever. The, this saddle dome is, is a treasure. Um, I think when last we spoke to you, it was the Blue Jackets were getting ready to play Carolina in a really big uh, game in terms of wild card positioning, the Blue Jackets uh, won that game three nothing thanks to Sergei Bobrovsky forty six saves in a shutout. The next night they went to Boston Saturday. Yunus uh, Corposalo got the start. He too played very well. Blue Jackets come away with a really valuable point, losing two to one in overtime. And now tonight they play the Flames, who are the best team in the Western Conference. Who saw that coming? Um, I, we all watched the Carolina game with our noses plugged because it was a classic Carolina game, uh, almost unwatchable. And, but I think the Blue Jackets played pretty well in Boston, uh, and certainly to get a point. One thing I, I want to sort of scratch at here is, 
Yeah, they've not been scoring a ton. They've been sort of in and out with their offensive output. They've done this almost exclusively without the play of their top line, which has carried them for so long and has suddenly gone um, really, really quiet. Um, you guys' thoughts on what is wrong with that line. Artemi Panarin has... Maybe this is the most he's had a point. He's had a point recently. Maybe he had one against Carolina, but it's when um, it's been maybe his most prolonged slump since he's joined this team in, in terms of point wise. Pierre Luc Dubois has fallen apart since the trade deadline, and Cam Atkinson's gone a little chilly here. Uh, Allison, what do you see when you look at the Blue Jackets' number one line, which hasn't looked like? a number one line for a while now. Yeah, I, I of course, started looking um, as you were talking, and Artemi Panarin's last goal was February 28th. Um, he's had a couple assists since then. Dubois has had one assist and no goals since the deadline. Uh, Cam Atkinson's had some flashes. He's had three goals, including two game winners, um, but his last goal was um, against Pittsburgh at home uh, at the beginning of the month, and as you mentioned, there's been so many games that feels like forever ago. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I think that, uh, I mean, we all know our Temi Panarin will, is, is a dynamic player and, and he'll take the puck into the zone and look to create plays, but he, he hasn't seemed as, as maybe speedy. And I'm not saying he's not skating, but he hasn't seemed as commanding, maybe is the better word with the puck. Um, he certainly also hasn't had players as available to pass to. Um, as maybe he has. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny. I was talking to someone about this over the weekend. And, you know, it, Panarin is so good and so dynamic that we we allow for the mistakes that he makes, much as we do with any dynamic offensive player. Um, and while I was thrilled for the team to get that point in Boston, I considered that a win regardless. Um, but, you know, it's his inability to control the puck there that sends the play down the other way and leads to the game winner for Boston. Um, so, so I don't know what's going on, but they certainly don't look like their, their usual selves. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we've talked about Panarin a little bit. There does appear to be at times, I think we said this on Friday where the hunger for the puck is not what it has always been. Yes. Is that fair? Is that fair? Are you asking me? Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Well, you, you just kind of skipped out there for a second. Right? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, he's, he's certainly, as Allison alluded to, he's had some doozy turnovers here recently. I think one goal in 14 games, uh, last 14 games. And I, I know I can hear Allison gnashing her teeth right now, but a minus nine, that's a pretty substantial number uh, in, in such a short period. And I guess it may reflect the whole lines play, but uh yeah, he's just he, he he hasn't been as noticeable. The other night, he did not have a real sh- opportunity until overtime. He was not really noticeable until overtime, and then had a great chance, all because of the of the work that Pierre Luc Dubois did to win the puck in three on three. But you know, he's one of those guys. I think we had this conversation like once earlier in the season, and then he bounced back and had a a, a terrific spell. So we'll see. You know, we'll see, we'll see where this goes, but it's certainly it hasn't been a good stretch. But as you, the first part of your 
the way you talked about this is they have found ways to win games. A lot of it's been the really good goaltending because, my goodness, so they, they are living on fine margins right now offensively. I think what we talked about this yesterday, Porty, um, what, five games here in the last nine where they've got a goal or fewer, and they were able to win a couple of those. So that's, that's – or I'm sorry, one, they won one game, and the other game they got the loser's point. That, that's a hard way to make a living, especially this late in the year. Yeah, they've been two goals or less in one, two, three, four, five, six of their last nine games. Yeah, and I think one or less in five of them because the one was a shootout goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and now the decision or the trade to acquire Duchesne because he Duchesne's been pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's been an ignition switch there, and I was really impressed yesterday. Practice in the saddled home, I, literally between every practice drill, Duchesne was either seeking out Wenberg or saddling up next to him um, and giving him um, a talking to. There's one point Wenberg, it wasn't uh, combative or uh, adversarial. Certainly it was just a really passionate show uh, from Duchesne with his arms trying to explain something or convey something to Wenberg. I thought that was interesting. He's been a pretty good ad. Um, and I'll, I'll ask, I didn't get to it yesterday with Tortorella because there was other stuff flying around. Um, but I'll, I'm, I plan to ask Tortorella this morning. They're, they are taking an optional skate at, at uh, this, the Saddle Dome. What he sees in that number one line, why it has gone south so quickly. Uh, just some news and notes. Ryan Dezingle did not skate yesterday. Um, he took quite the thunderous hit from Zdeno Chara in the corner in the latter stages of Saturday's game. Um, impact left side of his body into the glass. So the club hasn't said anything about him being out. Uh, Tortorella said today he would be, he didn't know where that was going. I bet he has a pretty good idea, but but no announcement as to whether he'll play or not. Nick Foligno away from the team uh, for family issues. Um, he was not with the team yesterday in Calgary. No indication if he'll be here tonight. In Calgary, certainly, uh, whatever uh, Nick and his family are going through, well wishes to them from all of us. And if, if I may, Aaron, just to uh, many have have presumed this might be related to Milana, his daughter, um, and the club was very clear this is not. Yeah. So, anyways, that family has been through enough. Certainly, you mm. wish them the best. Um, a couple of other things here. The Blue Jackets on trade deadline day made the what appeared a curious decision when they first made it, and it almost looked like it maybe portended a, a Sergei Bobrovsky trade, the acquisition of Keith Kincaid from New Jersey. Um, it's funny. In Columbus, people thought, oh, no, this means Bob's on the move. Um, it quickly became apparent that was not true. In Pittsburgh, they said, oh, well, since most things are about us, that's proof that the Blue Jackets want a goalie to play against us because they don't trust Bobrovsky. Well, that wasn't true either. The Blue Jackets wanted Kincaid for insurance. They wanted him in the event that Bobrovsky or Corpusala got hurt the rest of the way because uh, the organization's number three was Jean-Francois is, was then, is now the number four, Jean-Francois Berube. 
Um, so Kincaid has, has been here since the trade deadline, has not played, has dressed for two games uh, against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh when Jonas Corposalo started, and on Saturday in Boston when Corposalo started again. Kincaid dressed as the backup, and Sergei Bobrovsky was a healthy scratch, which when it happened in Pittsburgh raised a lot of eyebrows. What's going on with Bob? Um, really, it's now been said by explained by the club. They want him when he has an off day to have a really off day. Uh, and Manny Legacy wrote a piece that was published uh, last night on the site. Now they want him to be able to totally, in Manny Legacy's words, deflate mentally uh, on a game day and just really take it off. The the suggestion being that even as a backup on the bench, you are preparing yourself to play. So there's still a mental fatigue that, that may take place there. Um, Tom, you were in Boston. You saw Corpusalo play. You even saw Bobrovsky hanging out in the press box. Um, yeah, we were both deflated. I've not seen it before. It's been done before. I don't think it's been done in Columbus before. What do you make of this this uh, decision by the club? Yeah, we were – Sergey and I were both deflated on game day. <laughs> but uh, – he, yeah, he seemed very happy. He seemed he was joking with Jody Shelley up in the uh, press box. Um, and as you mentioned, after the first game, I, I think he almost wondered if this was a Pittsburgh thing. But now that they've done it against Boston as well, uh, maybe there's uh, maybe he's a little bit more understanding. And uh, maybe they get one more in here before the end of the season uh, because Corby has been that good. I mean, I. Granted, he's only got one point out of his last two starts, but look who he's playing against and how much time he's been given off between starts. I thought he was really good the other night uh, in Boston. Uh, really had a large played a large part in them getting that point. Made more than a handful of big saves. Um, yeah, this is something that I, I do think there's something to that because you're right on the backup. As you're when you are the backup, you never know when a you have to go in the game. I think just sitting there mentally, you are in the game. Yeah, I think it just it, it it demands you be in the game. So yeah, I think this is a good idea. And of course, obviously, a lot of it is just the mental part of it. I don't think it's necessarily the physical part, but just the mental part of of getting ready for games, uh, going through all of the stuff, going through warmups. Uh, I think Bobrovsky was able to like eat dinner, just go and then just walk over to the rink, just like he would be a, a a healthy scratch at a normal uh, as a skater. So not a bad idea. wonder if he went to Massimino's in Boston. Hmm. I don't know. Great Italian joint near the rink. Um, the Blue Jackets have not done this before. Talking to Manny Legacy yesterday, um, he said he thought of this idea the moment they acquired Kincaid, but, but Tortorella had the guts to suggest it, and he quickly jumped on board. So did Bob. Um, Legacy said that the, the Red Wings used to do this with uh, Dominic Hasek down the stretch of seasons, to, or down the uh, stretch in the season, to give him a break before the playoffs. Um, I didn't recall that. I'll take Manny at his word. Uh, Allison, is this? Have you heard of this before? Have you seen this? Does this make a ton of sense to you as it does to me? Yeah, I mean, I have not seen it, but it absolutely makes sense. I, it. I think your article, and if, if folks haven't read it yet, I would really encourage them to do it, really laid out, as Tom alluded to, 
there is a it's easy for people in the stands to look and say oh there's the backup goaltender just hanging out on the bench right I mean that's a very easy assumption or conclusion to get to but there's so much work that goes into particularly being ready at that position even if you're not on the ice so there's so much work involved even if you're backing up and to just clear the mind to allow not just the body to rest but the mind to rest particularly for a player like Bob, who's played so much, the most in the league, I think it's going to be invaluable because they're going to have to keep riding him, obviously, down the stretch. Yeah. Um, uh, he, uh, You have to assume he's going to start tonight in Calgary. This is a big test for the Blue Jackets. Again, the Flames are a very good team. From here, they go to Edmonton for a Thursday game. Get to see Uncle Hitch for a couple of days. And then they play Sunday in Vancouver before heading home. This is a very unusual Western trip uh, in that there are, there's a day off between each game, two days off again between Edmonton and Vancouver. So this is going to feel like this feels like a long road trip, even though they're only knocking off four games. It's going to be a total of eh, nine days, which is unusual for them in the Eastern Conference. And ten because um, they fly home Monday, so they're they're away for yeah. ten days. Yeah, and, and we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but they fly home Monday and then right back at it on Tuesday against the Islanders, which we all know what's happened against the Islanders the last couple of games. That, those west-to-east games can be can be difficult, so circle that one. That could be a huge game, too, in the standings. Um, staying on the goaltender theme, Elvis Merzlikens has uh, closed in. He is close to signing a deal with the Blue Jackets. Um, this almost has seemed inevitable, I think, for a while now. He just some details on this uh, clarity from from uh, Yarmo Kekalainen. Uh, he is going to sign a a what's the PTA? It, uh, or it's an is it an ATO or a PTO? It's one of yeah. the two. Yeah, it's a TO of some sort, a tryout agreement uh, that will allow him to play for Cleveland. Um, however, and this is the part I still need to get answered. He, it does burn. He'll have to sign an entry level deal as well. And it will burn the one year of the entry level deal. So he will be a restricted free agent this summer. Now that may be age related. Mm. The CBA does its best to confuse us. Um, and apparently if he doesn't play in the NHL this year, he will he will he will be exempt from expansion. Got it. Um, which I need to revisit that too. I'll take the organization at its word. They would obviously have a the uh, finger on the pulse of this. Um, if I remember correctly, though, players playing in Europe it's still counted as a pro season. But I'll have to go back and 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 flush that out. Um, anyways, Merzlikens is on his way soon. We believe to. Um, North America to Columbus first, not to play, but to meet with the people, probably sign some contracts. And then we'll he'll head up the road to Cleveland. Now, my my understanding is that he'll he'll be bound for Columbus, Ohio on Sunday or Monday. So this coming weekend and early next and then uh, probably head to Cleveland middle of the week and Cleveland then plays games uh that weekend i believe in cleveland so that should be interesting 
Um, I don't think the plan is to give him any NHL duty this year, certainly not with the playoff race going on, but really valuable time for him in Cleveland to get used to the smaller rink and to show um, this organization what he can do against probably the second or third best pro league in the world. Uh, Tom, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think this is what kind of was what they hoped was the plan all along at the end of this year to get him over here, get him some experience as you just laid out there uh, to, 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 to play in the, to, in the smaller, adjust to just basically the North American style and North American living. I think that's, that's a, and then when it's the over and if the blue jackets, you know, if, if the monsters get knocked out before the blue jackets, blue jackets are still alive then maybe he can come to Columbus and just also just get a feel for what's going on down here if with the Blue Jackets in the playoffs. So I think all of it's valuable and all he, it's all of it's necessary too for him. Yeah. So I think he, 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 this is a really important time. And again, this is a, an older player. This is not a 20-year-old, 21-year-old. I think that, that they're going to have to get him going pretty quickly starting next year. We, and we don't know what's going to happen. Here with the goaltending situation, but uh, again, it's not a, a really young guy that they've got a lot of time to kind of ease into uh, playing. So I think this is very wise. Yeah, he'll be 25 in April. Tom, yeah. does he bring a car with him to the states? Do you know? Mm, I'm not commenting on that. No, uh, okay. no. Um, Allison, it appears that he's going to be in Cleveland, as you mentioned uh, earlier before we went on the air here under the same situation as Wierenski. Uh, that works so well for him, uh, Wierenski, and, and for the organization. What do you? What can be learned about Elvis at the AHL level that could give an inkling to what he could be like in the NHL? In other words, this is a test drive for him, but how much is it really going to inform the club? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly not going to inform fully, um, and no one expects it to, I don't think. But when we talked with um, Manny and some other um, goaltending experts right before the deadline about the goaltending pipeline, you know, what, what they really need to see from Elvis right now is how he adapts, A, to the smaller rink, to the smaller ice, um, because that ha- affects everything. That affects rebound control. That affects where shots are coming from. Um, and it affects the second big thing they need to see him adapt to, which is speed of the game. Um, it, it's, it's a cliche. It's what you hear every time a player takes that next step, but it's very real. Um, it's adapting to the speed of the players and it's adapting to how the speed of how fast you have to think, how fast you have to react. And, you know, uh, Manny, when we spoke with him before the deadline, the organization believes that this is an NHL goaltender. Uh, yeah. So with Zach, I mean, we saw it with work really well with him. It just took a couple games and, and Hey, a Calder cup run, um, to get him ready to, come in in the next season, he was good to go at the NHL level. Yeah, and it should be mentioned, the the Monsters, Cleveland Monsters, at last check yesterday were four points out of a playoff with 11 games to go. So that's a tall order, but certainly not impossible. Maybe maybe uh, Elvis comes in and gets things rolling there. Uh, Tom, you wanted to add something? Well, I think beyond the, the adaptation, the uh, adopting to the speed of the game, and just the the smaller rinks. I think the other thing that's huge for him is just adapting to a new lifestyle, adapting to the fact that he will not be, at least at the beginning, the rock star he was in Logano, where he's basically lived for 
a good chunk of his life now because yeah. he was in he he's obviously grew up in 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 Latvia, but then his family moved there for a little while to Lugano, went back to Latvia, and then came back to Lugano. Lugano is all he's really known as as really uh, an adult. So this is a you go from this seaside city uh, to Cleveland, which I guess is on water as well, but it's certainly <laughs> going to be a different type of feel for him. And it's certainly going to be, there's going to be a lot, there's going to be a lot for him to have to overcome here in a very short time. And I think that's as important. I think, I think the organization will also be taking a look at that. How does he handle adversity when he's really, really out of his comfort zone? Yeah. And won't it be interesting? Um, I don't think anybody knows where it's going with the Blue Jackets in terms of goaltenders for next year. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, I, most people assume, has one foot uh, pointed towards free agency. I don't mean that in, in terms of his not being emotionally um, invested here. He, he certainly seems to be by his play. But most people think he's going to be gone this summer as a free agent. Rather, that means the Blue Jackets sign and trade him. Uh, get something in return, or rather that means he just he leaves on July 1st and signs elsewhere. And then the question is, what do the Blue Jackets do? Uh, do they sign a veteran goaltender short term to help them either get um, Elvis up to speed and see if he can do it, or allow Eunice Corpusalo more development time? Um, and if if Elvis looks fantastic, do they sort of steer away from spending money on a big-time free agent and think maybe they can get by with Elvis and Eunice. That seems a little premature to me, uh, but we'll see. How do you guys think, or how, how confusing is that situation? Because I, I think if Elvis looks great and they sign a free agent, they may end up trading Corpusalo. Uh, I think there's a ton of moving parts with the Blue Jackets, who, by the way, also have two other really bright uh, goaltending prospects in Daniil Tarasov and Vili Vahelainen. Um, the the uh, great goalie in Finland right now who's already won a championship at a pretty young age. Um, how crazy is this position, and and how weird is it going to be to have a goaltender position if it comes to pass like that? It doesn't include Sergei Bobrovsky next year. Allison? Well, that I mean, listen, that's going to be very strange, and I don't know that um, people who followed the team or, or maybe even us are, are prepared for what that's going to feel like. He's been such a, a big piece of this club for so long, both on the ice and, and just its identity and its presence. It, it, it's going to be interesting. Another, another wrinkle that I just thought of while you were talking is there's also the angle that Elvis has to get used to a new goaltending coach as well. And, yeah. you know, Tom wrote about this in his article. Uh, Kat Silverman has written about it. I, I have a little bit as well. But, you know, Elvis really had to work to get to a really productive place with his current coach there in Lugano. And, and they've worked really well together. But as far as Manny's concerned, when, when these goaltenders are in Europe and in Asia, he leaves them alone. He allows them to work with the goaltending coach that they have there because he doesn't want to mess with that process. But if there's fine tuning to be done in his game for whatever reason, he's got to adapt to that too. And so I don't wonder if that's part of this is – how good does Elvis look? How adaptable, how quickly adaptable is he showing to be? And, and there's no right answer to that. It can take any amount of time. Um, I, it's interesting because we've seen a little bit of this in Cleveland where they have Brad Thiessen, who is kind of the veteran 
backstopping younger goaltenders who've come through that organization doesn't necessarily play as much when things are going well. So to that point, do they bring in a veteran free agent and let these two, Corpusalo and Elvis, kind of fight it out? I don't know that that's practical with a 23-man roster limit. So, gosh, it's going to be interesting. I wonder if Elvis stays here, how much he's here through the offseason to help inform these decisions as well. Tom, is Latvia in the World Championships this year again? Do you know? I don't. Because he would definitely be part of that um, in the springtime, in, in um, May to early June, if, if, he's, if he's back here. Um, so all interesting stuff. Uh, anything to – oh, I've got this, the, the uh, AAA Blue Jackets. Yes. Made a hire. Uh, ben Eves, the uh, former Miami U, former St. Olaf coach, uh, a national champion at Boston College in 2001 has been hired to replace Ed Ginger as the under-18 coach, also a, a, a big role within the organization, assistant director or something of that. Ginger remains with the group, um, So, but that's, that's an important hire. We talked about all of the players coming out of Columbus, the Murphys, Corrales, the Rosloviks, um, all these guys, Sherwoods, and, you know, that's sort of the last line before these guys go off into their, into the high level elite uh, realms of almost pro hockey. So it's an important job that will have uh, an impact on a lot of kids in the area. Anything you need to add before we wrap it up here, Allison? Nothing from me. Tom? Nope. All right. You must have done all of our homework. Um, thanks for listening. This is Tuesday. We'll be back with you on Friday. Um, I'll be in. Vancouver at that point as so as the road trip continues on um, thanks for checking out theathletic.com and we will talk to you all in a few days take care Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.